Welcome home. I'm John Hernandez, and you have tuned in to the CFA Church Podcast. If you have any questions about CFA Church, feel free to visit us at cfachurch.com. We pray that you would walk away from this moment loving Jesus and changing the world. Enjoy the podcast. Let's go after prayer this year, CFA, big time. I encourage you to do that. Deuteronomy chapter 5, Deuteronomy chapter 5, um, verses 4 and 5, and we'll go to, we'll go to chapter 4 as well. I want to uh, speak to you this morning about the heart of the fire, the heart of the fire. I don't know if you've ever heard a story, and you've heard that story so many times that you kind of, you're telling the story along in your head as it's being told. I was talking to one of our employees before service and she said every, you know, the family got together. It was the dad's birthday and they got together and they were telling the same, the same stories. Uh, but it's just those family stories that you love to tell again and again. And you kind of clock out, but you're kind of telling the story at the same time because they're just, you know the story. And we can do that with Bible stories too. Some of the familiar ones, even, even if this is your first Sunday and you haven't been raised in church, you may know stories about David and Goliath. Just, you know, those stories are, are, are stories about Jesus dying on the cross. And, and this story that I'm going to tell you this morning is a story that, well, I, I thought I knew. I really, I thought I knew the story of the Ten Commandments. It's kind of like the Bible 101, right? This Sunday School 101. And so I thought the story went something like this. The Israelites were delivered out of Egypt. They went to Mount Sinai. God said to Moses, Moses, come on top of the mountain. And God took two stone tablets, chiseled the Ten Commandments on the stone tablets, sent Moses back down the mountain to the people I know I set you up for failure, but come on, be honest this morning. How many of you really thought, like your pastor who studied some Bible and theology in my life, that that was kind of how the story was? Really? All of you knew the... Really? <laughs> I mean, I don't mean to call you a liar in church. Come on, how many of you really thought that that's kind of how the story went? Now, turn, thank you. Now turn to the person beside you and tell them you don't know your Bible. At all. <laughs> so that's the story. That's the story as it's recorded in Exodus. And it is true, but there's more to the story. So Deuteronomy gives us kind of behind the scenes of Exodus. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 1. And now, Israel, listen carefully to these decrees and regulations that I'm about to teach you. Obey them so that you may live, so that you may enter and occupy the land that the Lord, the God of your ancestors, is giving you. Verse 10. Never forget the day when you stood before the Lord, your God, at Mount Sinai. Moses, Moses is talking. So who, who, who stood before the Lord? You, right? And, and this, is a, this is a plural you. This is a collective you. Uh, translated into Southern, it would be all y'all stood before the Lord, your God at Mount Sinai, where he told me, summon the people, again plural, before me, and I will personally instruct them. So now let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 4. At the mountain, the Lord spoke to you. Again, plural, face to face from the heart of the fire. Do you see this? This is, this is significant. 
This is not a detail in the story that what's, what's the big deal, whether God spoke to Moses or the people. No, this is a big deal. God's original plan was not to call Moses up the mountain. God's original plan, even before Jesus, even before the cross, even before the veil of the temple was torn into, even before we had free access to the Holy of Holies, to the throne of God, even under the old covenant, God's original plan was to speak to the people face to face. Moses was a plan B. Now, God can work with a plan B. Aren't you thankful for that? God has worked with several plan Bs, maybe all the way down to Z in my life. I'm thankful for grace and second and third chances. But the original plan wasn't that Moses went to the mountain and went up. The original plan was, and can I just tell you, that's God's original plan in your life, is that he loves you so much that he wants to speak to you face to face from the heart of the fire. Now, for some of you, you you're like, that's good news. For others of you, you're like, hold on, that's a little bit too much. I don't know if I'm ready for all that. And that was exactly the response of the Israelites. And that's why God had to choose Moses to go up the mountain because it was plan B. In fact, let's look at the Israelites' response in verse 5. Moses says, I stood as an intermediary between you and the Lord. For you were afraid of the fire and did not want to approach the mountain. So first of all, let's look at several of these things that when you live out of the heart of the fire, so God is drawing you to the heart of the fire. He wants to speak to you from the heart of the fire. He wants a relationship, a personal relationship with you. What do you get when this happens? If you're taking notes, jot these down real quickly. Number one, you get memories. Your memories become fuel for your future. So verse 9 says, be careful never to forget what you yourself have seen. Do not let these memories escape from your mind as long as you live. Here's what memories can do for us. Memories, memories aren't about the place where you live. Memories are about the place where you launch. Okay, so there's a difference there. So the purpose of a good spiritual memory is not to look back on your past and say, the pinnacle of my relationship with Jesus was 1998 and things were so old. If we could just go back to 1990, wasn't God moving in the church in 1998? No, that's not the purpose of a spiritual memory. See, what you're doing is you're living out of a memory, a memory that probably isn't even real. I mean, the memory's real, but you're making the memory better than it was because you're forgetting all the other stuff around that memory. You know, we have, when you look in a rear view mirror, what do you see? You see about 2% of what's actually behind you. I mean, I'm the, I'm the worst at this. I don't, I don't, I don't have bad memories. I just, don't, I don't. I just, I barely have memories, you know, just how, how do I remember all this stuff? But, but uh, like I have, I'm the worst at remembering everything good and forgetting all the bad. And if I'm not careful, I'll end up living out of a past that wasn't even real to begin with. So our memories, your memories, your good spiritual memories aren't, God is not calling you to go back there and live in the good old days. He's calling you to launch forward out of the things that God already did. So you say something like this, my goodness, God didn't, God show up in my life in 1998 and he took a sinner and grabbed me and cleaned me up and he set me on fire. I bet God wants to do that again. And then you catch fire and you go out and you say what God did in my 
my life. See, that's, that's the kind of memories that God wants to, us to live out of. Number two, God himself is your mentor. God himself, God says in verse 10b, I will personally instruct them. That's a pretty good deal. Anybody watching the, the Winter Olympics? So if you're watching the Winter Olympics, uh, most all of these athletes, my guess would be part of the reason they're in the Olympics. Uh, do they have natural talent and ability? Of course. Are they dedicated? Do they work above and beyond? Absolutely. But I bet a part of that is they have a good coach, right? They've got a good mentor. It's like, you know, uh, what's well, kind of the story of every seven-year-old they lay down uh, at night and close their eyes and they dream like, man, if I could just, oh, there's a, the crowds are cheering and, and they just see themselves, man, if I could just sweep with a broom really fast on the ice. You know, it's, it's basically the goal of every, every, and so what do you do? You're like, you're looking at your mom in the kitchen. You're like, mom, you sweep that floor really good. Could you mentor me and how to do that and how to, you know, and just because, because who your mentor is and who your coach is will get you to where you want to go. And that's a pretty good deal that God himself says, I will mentor you. I will instruct you. Number three, you receive wisdom and intelligence. Verse six, obey them completely and you will display your wisdom and intelligence among the surrounding nations. Number four, you receive power to pass on blessing to your children and grandchildren. Verses nine and ten, and be sure to pass it on to your kids and grandkids. And they will teach their children to fear me also. And then number five, you receive power to enter and occupy your territory. So if we get all of these things from the heart of the fire, then what keeps us from the heart of the fire? Well, I think it's the same things that kept the Israelites from the heart of the fire. Here's what keeps you from the heart of the fire. Number one would be an overdependence on uh, the word that Moses used there uh, is an intermediary. An intermediary. What, what an intermediary was is the people said, uh-uh, we're too sinful. I don't want to go before God uh, by, by myself. So Moses, you go up the mountain, you hear from God, and then you come back down the mountain. And it kind of set up this entire Old Covenant Levitical priesthood where the people really didn't go before God themselves. There was an intermediary. Let me, let me explain this from a couple different angles. So I'm going to ask Camden and Jess to come on up on stage. And uh, Camden, if you'll stand right here. And, and uh, Jess, if you'll, if you'll stand right here. So, so let's, all, let's all transport back now to, to middle school. And... Um, my disclaimer would be that we were not all in middle school at the same time. I am a few years older. So, but we'll just pretend, we'll just pretend that we were all in middle school at the same time. And so if I saw Camden in the hallway and thought, wow, I would like to maybe have a conversation with Camden. I, I, I'd like to maybe enter into a relationship with Camden. The rule of seventh grade is that I would never talk to Camden. You care, you did this too. Your entire middle school, you dated somebody, whatever that means, in middle school. You dated somebody that you never even carried on a conversation with. What'd you do? You talked to their friend. And their friend was the intermediary. 
So I would find out what Camden thought of me by talking to Jess, and then Jess would find out what I thought of Camden, and this was this intermediary relationship, and that may work okay for middle school, but can I help somebody out who's married that you actually, you actually have to have a conversation? Just a little free marriage counseling this morning. And so, and so I want you to think of I want you to think like this would represent, Jess would represent um, the most spiritual person in your life that you know. So that may be, for you, that may be easy. You're like, it's Mrs. Hernandez. How does she, how does she deal with elementary school children? She has the, the favor and anointing of God on her life every day. And so she's our, our principal here for our elementary school at CFA Academy. But just substitute your, you know, your, your grandmother, Miss Jerry, Pastor Phil, like whatever, Mother Teresa, Billy Graham, just substitute whatever person. And, and so I know like we're, I know we're, and I'm not mad at Catholics, but here's what, as Protestants, Protestants uh, will say we have direct access to God, but sometimes, can I just be honest, sometimes we still, we're, we're Protestant in our theology, but we're Catholic in our practice. We think that we have to go through the pastor to get to Jesus, or I got to go through the intercessor to Jesus. Can I remind you that you actually have direct access to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords yourself? Yourself. So let me, let me uh, explain the same thing, but let me go a different route. All right. So if you are hungry in the morning, a um, couple of, I mean, you'd have multiple options. But one option, <laughs> one option would be a Cajun filet biscuit from Bojangles or biscuits and gravy or some other concoction that the Holy Spirit originated in heaven. You know, just this. <laughs> and so... Again, I'm not, I'm not mad at Bojangles. If the, choice, if the choice is that you die of starvation or you eat at Bojangles every single day of your life, then I'm going I'm to go with Bojangles. This is, a, this is an option. It's going gonna, it's gonna <laughs> to nourish you. I use nourish in quotation marks. It will keep you, it will keep you alive. All right? But... But the other option would be, uh, so Blue Apron is one of, these, one of these groups that it's a little more work, but they don't give you processed food. They give you the ingredients, and you actually have to go and get the ingredients, and you, you cook a meal for yourself that's more nourishing and, and more healthy. Now, again, uh, don't take this all the way to the end because I'm, I'm, not, I'm not mad at devotionals. Devotionals are, are fine. They hold their purpose, have their purpose. But if your relationship with Jesus is based upon 40 days of purpose or Jesus-hearted woman or Chuck Swindoll, listen, please hear me. Please hear me. These are anointed, powerful, mighty men and women of God but they went and got the ingredients and they prepared a meal for you and that's fine. You can grab a quick fix on the way to work. I just want to remind you again that you have, you've got access to the ingredients. You have access. Give these girls a hand. Thank you very much. You can keep the signs. So let me take, let me take this one step further. So this past week I was at a 
I was at a, a funeral service for uh, Randy Corals on staff here, and he runs our live. By the way, can you give all of the people in the back room that run our live stream a hand? They just do an amazing job back there. And um, so Randy Corals' grandmother passed away, and so I went to that funeral, and it was uh, it's Tom and Clara. Coral's mother, who, by the way, this is the couple that adopted me my first summer here, and I spent three months living in their home, and so I want to say thank you to them, and also say to never underestimate the power of bringing in somebody to your home, even if it's for a, a couple of months. So thank you to the Corals, and can we just express our appreciation to them? They <laughs> adopted me, and so Clara's mama went to be with the, the Lord this past week. And Randy got up and he, he told some, did a, just an amazing job of honoring, honoring this, this dear woman of God. But he, he told some stories. This, this lady was, and I've, uh, I've told stories like this before, but this is, she's just the embodiment of this. So Randy said that they would go over to her house on a, a Sunday and she lived, she lived by herself. So, and this was not Easter, this was not Thanksgiving, this was not, invitations were not sent out to the family. They just happened to stop by on a, on a Sunday and they would walk in and she would have not one, not two, but three different meats prepared. There would be like chicken and beef and, and, some, and, and ham and then the, all the sides to go with the chicken and all the sides to go with the beef and all the sides and they walked in and we, What's, what's going on here? Well, just in case somebody stopped by. And so, you know, they would, they would come in and they would eat. And Randy said, Randy said that she wasn't, though, the healthiest of, of cooks. She, her mantra was butter and bacon make everything better. <laughs> and you can say a good amen to that because, because she lived to be 99 years old. Take that paleo. Come on. But Randy, to, Randy told this story because his grandma, his grandma grew up in the Great Depression. And she, she grew up in the mountains. So in her kitchen would be the butter and the pots and pans. But by her door was, was also a rifle. Because when you're going through some tough times, you can't always go down to the grocery store. You got to get the food yourself. So she would take that something moving across the backyard. She would go out, go out in that backyard. And Randy, Randy talked about that that was fine in the mountains, but he remembers the conversations that they had around the dinner table of trying to convince Mama, Mama, you now live within the city limits of Kannapolis. You cannot, you can't. But y'all, I got to tell you, I, there is something I appreciate, somebody that knows how to get their own food. I, one of the things, I don't, under, I don't understand this. I don't understand I'm not being fed. Have you, have you heard that of people in churches? I'm not being fed. I'm sorry, did somebody take your Bible? Like you have the same access to the same word, to the same God that I have. And so there will be seasons, I'm just telling you now, there will be seasons when all hell is coming against you. You got access to food. There will be seasons when this preacher may not be preaching as good as you need, but you have access to the word of God. You can go straight to the word. It's an all-you-can-eat buffet, y'all. 
You have access and to live like you need an intermediary is to live under an old covenant relationship and Jesus came to tear down those walls. You have access to the Lord this morning. So not only does an over-dependence on an intermediary keep us from the heart of the fire, but this is the other thing according to the word this morning. A wrong, a wrong understanding of the fear of God. A wrong understanding of the fear of God. Verse 5b says this. For you were afraid of the fire and did not want to approach the mountain. I think, I think this thing does as much damage to both uh, Christians and people who don't yet have a relationship with Jesus Christ as, as anything. And I think it's a mis understanding of the fear of God a misunderstanding of the fear of God and so it can be tempting to think of the fear of God as being afraid of God that word there for for fear is actually yare y-a-r-e and it means this it means to cause part of the meaning is to cause astonishment and awe to inspire reverence it's a it's a godly fear so, so when we, we hear about the fear of God, when you talk about the fear of God and we're to have a reverence for God, it's not talking about the fear of God in that God is mad at you and you need to be afraid of God. It's having this, wow, isn't God, isn't God amazing? Isn't God powerful? Isn't God? And so we come into his presence with this holy, with this holy fear because he is, he's so great in our lives. Uh, it's, it's, li it's like we have an understanding or we can be tempted to have an understanding of God uh, like Mon Monsters, Inc. So if you haven't seen this movie, basically the whole, the whole premise of this movie is there's these monsters that go into kids' rooms, they scare the kids, the kids screams, they bottle the scream, they take the scream because the scream is the energy. And it's like we can, we can have this warped and twisted view of God that God gets his energy out of frightening us. Like God, God just wants to scare you. God just wants to make you afraid of him. And somehow God feeds and God, somehow God draws fuel out of your fear. And what a warped and what a twisted view of God because that's not how God works. The Bible says that God is, God is love for God so loved the world. The Bible talks about God as a loving heavenly father, that God is full of love and mercy and grace and forgiveness. And, and if, I could just, if I could just say this to somebody this morning, I just feel this strongly, that if you take one thing from this message, it would be this, that God is not mad at you. He's not mad at you. He's not mad. Thank you so much for joining us. Here at CFA Church, it is our deepest hope that you have found the place that you can call home. For more information about this community or to find out how you can connect, simply head over to cfachurch.com where you can plan a visit right from the website. It is our prayer that you will continue to love Jesus and change the world. God bless you.